0: you're listening to sobriety with Ari eastman hey that's me well hello little teacups short and stout this is the podcast where we talk about welcome back to sobriety with me your host your friend your pal your sober sensei how's it going did you survive the dumbest fucking holiday ever and I actually happen to think a lot of holidays are dumb. But yeah, April Fool's, April Fool's has to take the cake. I'm not into pranks. I'm not a prank person. They make me uncomfortable. Back in the day when punk was happening and even Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, I feel like she was always into pranking people. Like what the, shouldn't we have known that she was sadistic when she literally would have people jump out and scare her, her guests? Should we have been shocked that there was something dark underneath the surface, underneath the, the goofy dancing? There was a sick individual. There was a twisted and sick individual underneath all of that. I watched a lot of Ellen growing up. In fact, explicit content warning. Turn it off if small children are in the room or you are my relative. I gave my first blowjob with the Ellen show in the background. Sensual. You know, you got to do what you got to do when you're in high school and you're home alone. Sometimes the Ellen show is on in the background. You don't have time to turn it off. I mean, we probably had time to turn it off. Anyway, pranks. Not into pranks. I feel uncomfortable watching people get pranked. I don't like being pranked. It is a red flag if a man is super into April Fool's or pranks in general. Like, why? Why do you enjoy tricking people? Go be a magician, you fucking weirdo. If I wanted to be lied to, I would have just kept telling myself I did not have an alcohol problem, okay? What are the possible outcomes for a prank? You either scare someone, you upset someone, or maybe you get them excited about something that is not real, so then then you disappoint them. Like, why? Isn't life hard enough? The good news is I feel like because last year was such a shit show, I didn't really see too much popping off for April Fool's. I think everyone kind of took a break and said, none of us deserve this. We're just trying to survive. So um, I'm, I'm personally grateful for that, you know? I did decide to look up the origins of April Fool's Day because, you know, I don't get it. So I'm like, maybe there's just something I'm missing. Maybe there's some interesting historical significance so according to history.com april fool's day celebrated on april 1st each year has been celebrated for several centuries by different cultures though its exact origins remain a mystery uh so okay good to know it has been existing for a long time and that people all over the world everywhere for a long 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 time they have been assholes love it love it In this same article, uh, some historians speculate that April Fool's Day dates back to 1582. Like I said, people been doing weird shit for a long time. When France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, as called for by the Council of Trent in 1563. So people who were slow to get the news or failed to recognize that the start of the new year had moved and continued to celebrate it during the last week of March through April 1st became the butt of jokes and hoaxes and we're called april fools so basically someone decided to change the calendar and they're like hey you idiots didn't get the memo that we changed the calendar you fools you dummies and now we try to make one another feel like idiots i love it i love it here you know, for the pranksters out there, blessings. I don't get you, but we don't all walk the same path. So you know, enjoy, enjoy your trickery, you charlatans, you con people, have fun, have fun at the expense of others. <laughs> moving on, moving on. We've spent too much time on April Fools. Uh, who's the fool now? Me. I am the fool. I am the April fool. Uh, last night, so I was I was cyber stalking myself, which is one of my favorite activities. It, I, don't, I mean, it's pure narcissism, but it is. One of my favorite hobbies is pretending I am someone else and I view all of my social media and I'm like, oh, what would I think of me if I were someone else? Like I try to get into the shoes of someone else and just sit back and scroll and I'm like, this Ari person, who is she? What is she about? Do I find her entertaining? Do I find her annoying? And then that sometimes helps me be like, all right, maybe I'll archive that. Mm, All right, you know, maybe I'll delete that post. Oh, you know what? Nope, that post. That was a hit, man. That was a hit. I do that a lot. It must be a combination of being both very online for most of my life and feeling very free online and also, I'm sure, like, good old-fashioned narcissism. Maybe some insecurity, too. Maybe there's some insecurity sprinkled in there. I don't know. But ever since I was a kid, I have also definitely had this persistent voice in the back of my head, aka a god complex, where I'm like... Hey kid, the right person sees this video and suddenly they're gonna offer you a role in a blockbuster film. The right person scrolls past this Instagram photo and they're like, Do you want a book deal? No other questions asked. That romantic idea of just walking down the street and being scouted for something like, Hey, I know this might sound crazy, but any chance you're a writer or a podcaster or post subpar videos on TikTok? Oh my god, we've been looking for you. So uh, yeah, I like to Google myself. And that's not a euphemism. Not that much comes up, but, you know, it's a fun game every now and then. Oh, especially if I'm I'm starting to date someone. I will Google myself and look at everything that I've done online and everything I've posted. And I imagine them and what they will think. And before you know it, you've spent hours doing this. And it's like, oh, literally, I've just spent two hours scrolling and reading my own thoughts. So I logged into Facebook. I really don't use Facebook that much. I have to use it for work. And I have to, you know, it's connected to so many things because, you know, Zuckerberg, he, what that's how he rolls but i went through and i just was like you know i'm gonna read a bunch of my old posts because i used to be much more active so i came across this status where you know i'm like oh my god in the latest re eastman endeavors check out this hilarious thing that happened to me and it is pretty hilarious because someone reached out to me um casting a new reality tv show and now Quick side note, one of my fatal flaws is how badly I would like to be on a reality TV show. And if I ever am, someone will find this clip, this this clip from the pod, and by then the pod will be, oh man, we're going to be, we're going to be the number, th- number, the number 17 podcast in the country. are going to take this clip and they're going to be like, see, she was never there for love. She was always there to be on reality TV. And to that, I'd say two things can exist simultaneously, Okay. So let me read you this Facebook message that I got, that I posted about. Uh, Hi Ari, my name is uh, Retracted. And I'm a casting director that's worked on a bunch of big shows, like The Amazing Race, Survivor, etc. And that is why I'm reaching out. I apologize for the Facebook message. It's just the only way I could find to contact you directly. I recently came across the Thought Catalog piece you wrote about your absent father. It was really well-written and touching, and it was like a gut punch. So I know this is undoubtedly a sensitive... And sore subject, but I had to take a chance and reach out to you about a project I'm working on to see if it's something you might be interested in. Our project is based on the Australian series called Look Me in the Eye. We are bringing it to the U.S. for one of the major networks, and the idea behind it is to bring people together who've had an estrangement or who haven't seen each other in a long time to make eye contact I know that may sound out there, but for more reference, I have a trailer for the Australian series to show you what we're doing. Again, no idea if you would be interested in this, but if you have five minutes to talk, blah, 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 uh, let me know. No pressure. And then she gave me her phone number and said, we are moving quite fast, hoping to have time to talk. Yada, 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 yada. Now, (laughs) the article she's referencing is one that I wrote back in 2014 it was my first month working as a full-time staff writer. You know, the way these digital media companies worked, especially at the time in 2014, and these personal essay-driven um Companies, it was like you were cranking out so much material. You were doing like five articles a day. You were writing, you were pitching 17 headlines. It was like 10 reasons why my anxiety makes me strong. 17 things an overthinker does before a first date. 10 reasons why my ass is fabulous. You know, it was like you were just pitching things constantly, constantly, constantly. You were trying to go viral. You were trying to get those numbers up. It was this machine of the personal essay and being relatable and having people share them and go, oh, my God, this. Oh, my God, same. Oh, my God, this is me. So, I mean, I have so many things I've written that I don't even remember writing or that I look at and I'm like, what the hell, what the hell is that piece of shit? (laughs) A lot of things were based in truth and reality. And then a lot of things, you're trying to have them be vague and generic enough that they're going to get the hits. And so I wrote this, I wrote this article that had been like adapted from a spoken word piece I had done. And for whatever reason, I was shocked. It went super viral. It was my first piece to go viral. It was not one that I had intended or thought would. The way it was written, it was vague enough that it was like, Oh, what it means to date a girl without a father, Um, a dead dad, a dad who left, a dad who you have a bad relationship with, a dad who's like emotionally checked out, absent. You know, it could could kind of fit into all these different categories. So that's probably why it ended up going viral because different people found different meanings in it. But I... (laughs) Had a dead dad. Have a dead dad. He's 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 still dead. And actually, you know, I, and I've I've said this before. I'll I'll talk about it. This will be a, I'm sure a running theme in the podcast. I had such an amazing relationship with my dad, and you know, I only had him for 16 years, but I wouldn't trade those 16 years for a lifetime with, you know, someone else because. You know, he, we had such a special relationship. We had such a wonderful friendship and father-daughter relationship. But here this woman is sending me a Facebook message being like, I'd love to cast you on my upcoming reality show where you and your father look at each other in the eyes. And I'm sitting there like, well, my dad is a pile of ash in the box in the living room. So it might be difficult. I sent back a super, super nice message that was like, I assume this is in reference to this article. Um, yeah, so my dad is dead. So I don't know if this will work out. But uh, if you ever have a reality TV show where uh, you communicate with dead people, please keep me in mind. And she never responded, which honestly, I find very rude. <laughs> like, lady, you come in here and you remind me that I can never have eye contact with my father again, and I take the time to send you a very nice message to make sure you don't feel bad, and you don't even respond. Rude. Rude. Retracted. Very rude. I'm still optimistic that one day, the right reality TV show will come a knocking. But, for now, it's time for... It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pain. My pink cloud this week is very silly, very simple, very small, but uh, I was so excited to hear that a song from the musical Waitress was like a little sound that was going viral on TikTok. If you are unfamiliar it's the one that's when he sees me what if he doesn't like it <laughs> oh. yeah believe it or not i'm not a trained singer nor have I ever been on Broadway. Waitress is one of my favorite musicals. It is based on the 2007 film of the same name. The movie is not a musical. Um, that one has Carrie Russell, and Nathan Fillion. This musical, it's got music and lyrics by Sarah Bareilles. It came out in 2015. I was really lucky enough to see it on Broadway in kind of its first run. And it's just so good. So if you are a musical theater fan, even if you're not and you're just like, Oh, I heard that sound on TikTok. Give the soundtrack a go. Listen to the Waitress soundtrack. It's really, really good. Schedule update. There will not be an episode next week as I am going home to family and I have to help out with some stuff. We got some family health stuff, some things. I'm going to be just so busy and I just figured I don't want to stress myself out and I know I'm not going to pre-record in time. So there will not be an episode next Monday. But stay tuned, stick around, because there will be one after that. And you know what? If you haven't listened to other episodes, go ahead, take a listen. I know this was a pretty short one. Like I said, a lot of things happening, a lot of things going on. With that, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to rate, subscribe, tell a friend, say hey to me. All right, everyone. See you in two weeks. (laughs) Bye-bye.